that's it's a good show. <laughs> was there any truth to that thing in Frost Nixon, or did they make that up the whole cheeseburger phone call, or was that just like a thing they contrived? Like, oh, and then he's gonna throw him off his game. Because it just felt kind of contrived to the point where that either means that's definitely true, because if you were going to make something up, you'd make something cooler up. Right. Or that it's totally contrived and not true. <sighs> Can't wait to do my next podcast. Uh, Dissecting Frost Nixon. <laughs> Defrosting Frost Nixon. <laughs> Talk about a cold open. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, theme, here's a new theme by Jamie Ross. Oh. When you want it's easy when you have friends that sound good ways. This song should end. No gong. <laughs> I know I was waiting for that. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh boy, what a what a surprise in the beginning. What is the origin of that? <sighs> I don't know. I should know this. I and mean, when's the first usage of that? Let's find that out. We'll find that out. Um, I like it, that a lot. I like that one. Yeah, that was cool. I like yeah. that they yeah they slowed it down a little bit. Yeah. I got I got mixed feelings about like you know adding verses and stuff, but uh, <laughs> you know I think I think playing with tempo is cool. <laughs> Them taking liberties with uh, your lyricism. Uh, lots to talk about. I'm glad yeah. we have this policy kind of of we do a guest episode and then we like to digest the guest yeah. a little bit because, uh, boy, Jazz Waters was something else. I, I really found Amazing. myself – I could feel a couple synapses forming in my 45-year-old brain during that conversation. Yeah, and even when we were walking out of the studio, she was still just like spouting go- – like I feel like someone should just walk around with a microphone following her around 24-7. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that she's like no one's ever had me on a panel. I mean, she's or no, she's, to talk specifically about diversity, which is completely insane. She's born to panel. Yeah, she's, she's got born. some shit, and 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 that doesn't that doesn't mean us going like, oh, everything she said is gospel and all this stuff. In fact, what I think was particularly interesting was how provocatively lateral her thoughts were, and one and the thing that I kicked myself about about it was. I didn't notice the connection, but three quarters of the way through, we were getting really deep, and she was sort of like vexing both of us. Uh-huh. Um, it, I should have made the connection, like, "Oh, this is the difference between drama and comedy," <laughs> the, because for her, for a, a, a drama writer, without thinking it's weird, is the one that would be able to go, "Oh, well, if you're, you know, you just do your research," and and for different reasons, you and I are both going like. Yeah, come on. <laughs> what are you crazy? And it's because oh, we work in comedy. Like we're where where character definition is like this it's kind of like a luxury. It's like it's like the equivalent of costumes and figure skating. Like it's like I guess it might be part of the point system for us. Like Yeah, we're just chasing jokes constantly. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of we're ch- we're chasing I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, not I think we're chasing resonance. We're chasing like it's like it's like carbs versus protein or something. It's like it's like we're cha- you know it's it's hard to design a good candy bar. Yeah, it, it, it takes all kinds of knowledge about taste buds and and humanity. It's not it's not a more shallow thing. It may be less nutritional. Maybe. Did you uh, eat a candy bar just before coming into this? <laughs> just reaching for a studio? metaphor, but I, but but it's like it it and it it brings up all kinds of interesting thoughts about like well, the, the, I mean there are an infinite uh category of writer it, you know, it, it's it, it you 
nothing that we talk about in this podcast, if we're reducing the act of writing to a brake job on a car, first of all, probably mechanics now, you know, going like, hey, wait a minute, there's a million kinds of cars and a million ways to approach brake lining. But especially writing, it's like there are for every every time you think you know, like how a writer approaches their craft and therefore how they can um, uh, approach it responsibly in a, in a larger context, there's going to be some other writer that's going like, well, wait a minute. Everything I write is meta. Everything I write is dumb on purpose, for instance. Like my, it's like, it's like, like everybody's, especially comedy writers, like they have their different styles and stuff. Um, and I, and I think that that's what made me connect that like, Oh, drama writers, like, I think to a higher extent, but maybe they'll yell at me for this. I think a drama writer is more on point the more um, the more reality they're chasing, whereas a comedy writer is a little bit more like they can get points for total fabrication of perception. Yeah. 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 I think I think I agree with that. Like when you watch Mike Judge show you how he maps the universe he, there's a lot of sarcasm to it mm-hmm. he's not asking you to believe this is how it works he's he's uh, he's asking you to understand the point he's making and 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 when we do we resonate with it yeah i but, mean he's the king of satire right yeah. and, and so comedy can go very very like it's it can be all over the map it's like a spirograph and i don't know i, I guess I, I perceive drama as the other so i perceive everything drama writers do as being like oh yeah that makes sense like be thoughtful about your characters and research them and all this stuff like can apply more universally to drama writing. Yeah. I mean, that that's like the most idealized version of what drama is because then you can, you also have the, by the, by the numbers procedurals that where it's, I mean, it really is just like a fill in the blanks kind of formula. Yeah. All, all, all writing yeah. though would definitely, uh, jazz was a, like a lighthouse, like reminding me like no matter what you're writing, you're a fucking writer. Like, you call yourself a writer. It doesn't matter that you work in an industry where, like, you take writing less seriously, you work in big teams, you shit it out, it's all about the end result, it's about, oh, you have these suits to blame and all this stuff. Like, but you're a writer. So research, think, you know, add dimension and stuff. Yeah. And I thought it was adorable that that intersected at a, at a, at a four-way stop with some of the stuff <laughs> I love watching you panic about, okay, jazz is like totally zen, uh, like amazing, insightful, like reminder that we should all think deeply about characters and all this stuff is actually like, there's a point where it like threatens the freeway walls of your like, fuck you, uh, Confederate is a crime. (laughs) I know, because I could immediately, I was already like, picturing i was just pre-reading all the emails that i was gonna get citing what she was saying as a reason why people should be able to white people should be able to make confederate but that's why yeah i mean it's it's i was thinking about it driving over here i was like that's what's so cool that's why i consider this a successful podcast now at this point because we're having conversations and I I also have a tendency to think like, oh, either your room is messy because your roommate needs to get a job or take a decluttering workshop. It's like we think in these binary simplifications and like 
if you walk into a messy room and it needs to be cleaned up, there's a lot of shit going wrong. There, there, there's, there's periods of unemployment that have happened and depression that led to the fact that the carpet needs to be steam cleaned. But that's totally different from the fact that there's a constant chronic habit of putting things down and not putting them back away. There, 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 you, you could, if you walked into a dirty room and, and announced a maxim like, Everything that's not valuable needs to go in the garbage. That doesn't necessarily result in a cleaner room. It it would clean the room somehow, some in some ways, and etc. It's like it's funny how, but but at the same time, if you approach it empathically, if you approach it like a primate, just walk into the room and go, "This place is a fucking pigsty. Let's admit that and let's clean it up." Then let's have the conversation about how to clean it up. Mm-hmm. Different tasks for different yeah, totally. attention totally. spans, different 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 skill sets, different situations. Yeah. When is it time to alphabetize the 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 book uh, the books on the shelf and when, as opposed to like oh there's a spider nest in the corner. Yeah. I feel like you're like extra Harmon today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because we're recording in the afternoon. I feel like anytime we record at a different time of day, like you or I have a like personality change. I uh, it could it's I'm supposed to be working right now, so I'm probably so, so that's why you're so giddy. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, oh, now there's so much to talk about. Of, I know, like, you're so happy right now. Because if I'm not here, I'm gonna be I'm, I'm a failure. Um, I okay, let's do some house cleaning. Um, I I guess we've never said this before, and I can't believe we have to say it but do not send us scripts like that's not okay (laughs) people who are emailing do not send scripts to try to get us to read them we will not read anything most people of repute will not read unsolicited material but also this is just inappropriate like that's not what this podcast is for this is not how you get your stuff read like it's just not okay. Period. You sound a little punitive there like if somebody (laughs) just doesn't know that they're not a bad person I don't want to high road you, but no, but uh, you shouldn't. This is not what the podcast is. The podcast isn't. Oh, sure. try to get us to read your material and get you a job. Like that's not what this podcast is for. Yeah, but I've 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 said in creative panels and things like that, like all the time. I'm like, look, you got to write, 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 and you got to like try to make people read your shit and get it out there and. I still maintain that advice. Here's why people that work on actual shows like here's here's there's the two reasons why we can't read your script. One is the boring legal reason, which is the idea this in this theoretical universe where we actually did read your script. Um uh and then we ended up um doing something similar, we would um uh we would be vulnerable somehow you could decide whether it was accurate or not that we had ripped you off and you could you could uh destroy our lives even with the accusation Um, yeah because even even just an accusation even if it's groundless like then we would still have to pay legal fees to have a lawyer like fight all of it and then it's just time and money so the only safe way for us to avoid that is to is to have the truth on our side which is to maintain a policy of like literally hook me up to a polygraph i never read a single word this person ever wrote uh in in anything that they ever sent us and then we're we're that's the only way to protect ourselves that's the boring legal reason that's the cynical toxic we live in a litigious world reason now, piggybacking on that, I want you to empathize with me as a guy you uh, admire for my ingenious mind. Um, within that context, in that world, now imagine like uh, 
imagine if I did read your script. Imagine if I opened it up and it was, let's say, for example, like because great minds think alike and also there's no such thing as a good idea. Let's just say you wrote like a, oh, it's like Star Wars meets Groundhog Day. Um, uh, there's, uh, the, the, the Luke Skywalker type realizes he has to keep being Luke Skywalker until he blows up the Death Star and he keeps trying to make different choices because he's a coward, blah, blah, blah. And it's a pilot and blah, blah, blah. It creatively, if, if you respect me for a reason, one of the reasons you might respect me is that I'm not a hack and I, and I, that I have a kind of like perhaps unhealthy adamant opinion about not being a hack, like as in. I don't want to go near the chance of bumping with or stealing from somebody. Somebody in the writer's room says, Bojack did this. South Park did this. I, it's enough to steer me away from an idea that everyone is going like, no, wait, no, we're having fun. I'll go like, yeah, but it sounds like, it sounds like a Bojack thing. Like, for, for better or for worse, let's just come up with something else. So if I read your Star Wars meets Groundhog Day script... And I was ever, ever, ever going to pitch anything, and forgive me for saying this about your theoretical script that Star Wars meets Groundhog Day, but because it's not that hard to come up with, like, let's say I was ever, ever, ever going to do it in in a Rick and Morty episode. Uh, like, now I can't. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. I think that... Anytime I hear people uh, talk about what a great idea they have and how they don't want people to seal it, like, that to me tells me that this is somebody who's very inexperienced and very green. Because, like, once you have some experience, once you start working, you realize, like, ideas are a dime a dozen. Any There are no original ideas. Like, any idea you come up with, 500 people have thought of it. But really what sells something is, I mean, if even if we're putting aside, like... Even if we're putting aside, like, politics and, like, who has deals and who has a powerful producer and blah, 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 like, all of that aside, what sells something is your execution. Like, ten different writers can take the same idea and, and they're all going to execute it differently. And and it's the it's really the execution that that is what makes the difference. It's not the idea. Like, like how many fucking shows are there about cops where they're mismatched car- partners? Or how many, episode, how many shows are there about, like, a brilliant doctor that has flaws? You know, it's like... It's or the, road trips or... Yeah, or, exactly. Uh, like, the idea, these ideas aren't unique, but it's the execution and it's the characters that they've created that are unique. Yeah, they don't lose anything because someone did them a thousand times. Yeah. Uh, they, um, a, a lot of Shakespeare's work uh, are adaptations of <laughs> stories he heard. <laughs> um, it... it it's uh, it, it, but that's a yeah, that's a that's another message, which is like I feel like you're talking to one guy because you're like <laughs> <laughs> that's just one, one guy who sent in a, a a script and at the same time was like I'm worried you're gonna steal my ideas and it's like we're we're I've, I I don't want to dogpile I don't want this guy to like feel like he's being like humiliated or uh, I mean plenty of people have like pitched themselves to us and mm-hmm. so like. Um, That's understandable too. I mean, it's, it, if the truth's on our side, and it's just it, it's, if it's first of all, it's impossible for us to read the script, then we don't have to we don't have to paddle people for for sending them in. We just have to let them know. Look, it's a futile thing. No, I'm gonna paddle them because <laughs> you're you're. I think your teeth are sympathetic because here's the thing: if you're really serious about wanting to do something and work in an industry and be something, do the fucking research. Like, I don't think I don't think it's an excuse to be like, oh well, he didn't know. It's like I, I don't I, I don't think, think that's an f- excuse. Well, an excuse for what? For doing something that doesn't matter that much? He threw a stone in a pond. It, 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 like it's not he didn't commit a crime, so excuses don't. He like maybe this is his for what if he's 
he's what if this is his, the way he starts as he goes like oh I'm listening to your podcast and I just decided I'm fucking doing it and I'm gonna write a script and like I I'm I'm gonna send it to you guys and you know we just gotta go like thank you for writing thank you for like getting off your ass and like outputting keep doing that don't you know we can't we're we're not gonna help you so don't don't put your eggs in that basket no I no. No, I think it's no, because if you want to do something, then do the fucking homework and figure out what the right avenue is. If you're going to take it seriously, take it seriously. Don't just don't just be like, oh, I want to do this thing and I'm not going to do any research about how it works. I'm just going to fucking write into a podcast I listen to. And like, you know, and and here's the other thing about like getting people to read your scripts like. And whenever I do panels and stuff like that, I I always tell people this, which is, like, you have to be very, very – you have to be considerate when you want people to read your script because most people who ask someone – like, most people who are starting out who ask somebody else, like, hey, will you read my script? Like, they're not thinking about how much work goes into that and how much time you're taking from somebody. Like, and then they they get all, like, pissy because it's like, oh, you don't want to read my script? Like, you can't help somebody out? And it's like – the, this part, if you're having somebody read a script, like you're, they're taking several hours of time to read the script, give you notes, like think critically about your thing. And P.S. This is shit that they get paid to do. Like well, this is part about, of your job as a writer. You're you know? not talking about strangers right now. You're talking about friends, right? Not even. Well, I mean, I always read scripts for my friends because I know they would do the same for me. But I'm talking about like if you meet people at panels and like, and they're like, oh, can I send you my script to read? And like. You know, but like they're just strangers. Saying they're, they're taking a shot at what they perceive as the moon. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm. This is exciting for me. Like we have a topic where we can respectfully, totally disagree. Like I think we come from different perspectives. I, I, I'm going to evoke jazz from last week and say. Do we have a privileged position? Is it hard to get into our position where if the difference between you reading a script and the janitor where they work reading the script is a huge difference for them? Um, are they entitled to your help? Absolutely not. Are they going to get your help? Overwhelmingly, probably not. Therefore, the solution, it, the problem solves itself. Like the same thing that makes them uh, audacious for hoping that you read their script is it's, no, their, their audacity is solved because it won't happen. No, what I don't like about it is that you are putting the you are putting the other person in a position to be the bad guy by saying no. And I think it's a very it's a very shitty thing to do. To well, I agree with you there. Like as a social experiment, when face to face, when you are you know, you're handing someone a script like, you know, yeah, you're uh, if I'm at a convention or if, uh, you know, I uh, the variety of ways I've been handed stuff, it's like it's it's you're handing someone luggage you're you're handing a human being that's well, also, like also you're asking them to do their job for free for you a stranger they, like they you cannot wouldn't, you wouldn't meet somebody in this grocery store who's like a dentist and be like hey by the way i have a tooth that, i have a cavity i need phil can you do it for me well i think that the, the this is where the maybe the our flow chart disconnects a little bit here uh, if those people expect you to read it that's that expectation is on them and is their own punishment you and i both agree that handing someone a literal two pound weight uh a a big thing if they're if you're if you're like 
it just depends on context. It's like, when would that be polite? Like, imagine this thing as, as having the dimensions and weight that it has. And where is this person? Are they in a coffee shop on their way to the car? Because surprisingly, my answer would be, actually, that's probably a fine time to hand someone a script because they're on their way to their car. They can throw it in their back seat and never, ever, ever read it. And as long as you're cool, like printing up so many copies of your script that you can and handing it to people just but but like, I would, you know, I, I, Jessica and I agree on one thing for sure, which is if you're handed a script, here's what you can't do if you want to be a good person. You can't leave it sitting on the ledge where you were handed it because then there's a story about what a dick you are. You can't throw it in the nearest wastebasket. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. This is what I bristle against is that why are you a dick for not wanting to read their script. Like, you're that's not, what I not. don't. That's, you're, you're, but that's, but, but the, just the fact that you have the fear of that perception means that it is a common belief. Well, and I, and I bristle against that because I think that that's bullshit. And I think it's really incredibly rude to like, it feels entitled to other people's time and energy. You know? I think, well, this is, yeah, this is where our different uh, backgrounds probably come into play because I totally feel I have all writers have a fraud complex. I especially have one. I feel like I'm the beneficiary of of good fortune and helpful strangers. I as somebody I, I I printed up ten. This is. 25 years ago, but I, I printed, you know, 10 copies of my screenplay at Kinko's and I, you know, Rob Schraub kept five of them Here in his car. Here we go. This and, is why. Well, yeah, it's why. It, it is why. It's, it's, it, it, there is no Hogwarts for writers. I mean, I, I'm interested to hear what you think that is because you're almost implying that there's a thing to look up and, you know, because then it's like, okay, yeah, Google it, you piece of shit. And like, there's a way to do this. Through yeah, the proper there's channels. so many resources online. There's so many blogs and podcasts dedicated to how it works. Like, just, I mean, is it really that hard to do one Google search? It's I'll tell not. you what's really hard, what the hardest thing of all to do is just fucking write. <laughs> yes. Well, and true. so therefore it's like, it's, it's almost like I feel the way about writing that like a kindergarten teacher feels about a kid trying to learn to read. Like, like in the Adam Sandler movie when Adam Sandler starts making fun of the kid and the love interest that's going to end up fucking Adam Sandler because he wrote the movie, it get, takes him out to the hallway and goes like, making fun of a child for learning to read? Are you insane? And it's like this amazing moment where it's like, oh shit, consequences. And like, that's how I feel about creativity. I'm not making fun of them for writing a script. I know, I'm, but I'm I'm reacting to the entitlement they feel and the laziness of not doing research. That's what I'm reacting. Well, to. I I just I I I I don't want the writers that write my movies to be the people that turned out to be the best at researching how to market their scripts. I want them to Why be the best at writing. Ex- Why is it mutually exclusive? It's if not, you're going to put I, in the work to write a script, you can't take literally one minute to Google what happens after that. I mean, there's right. Like, do you, have you, have you seen Alan Moore in an interview? I mean, do you think this guy, like, do you think we get along? Like I, I like writers are slovenly anti-social. But these aren't excuses. I don't well, accept these excu- as excuses. You don't have to accept them as excuses because they're not getting away with anything. They're not, they're not making you read anything. They are though, because here's the thing. This is, this is inappropriate behavior. I don't know why, like you feel the need to excuse inappropriate behavior because they're writers they're so, monsters like, that doesn't mean they get to do whatever the fuck they want and have like that's not okay it, it, people it, it, need to learn how to act right 
I don't want my writers being experts at, at, at politeness. How is I, I, it? It's not being an expert. It's literally being a, an adult. Like, it's just be an adult. It's not It's not my top priority, you know? It's like, like for the writers out there. Like, I don't, I don't mind when somebody is, like, socially fucked up and, like, like, like has a burning need to, like, write stuff. I, like, I find the... How many stranger scripts have you read and given notes to? I don't. I tell everybody. Yeah. I say, I say, please do... I say, all, the only advice I can give you is do what I did. Be annoying be fi- and, and, and prolific and, and figure out that you love this thing and, like, write, 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 write and ask people, ask everybody, be that annoying person. Will you read my script? And, and at the same time, understand that the reason you're doing this is the same way a frog lays a billion eggs is because no one wants to read your script, me included. Here's something that I think you and I are going to fundamentally disagree on, which is this this idea, this, like, myth that... that as long as you're a good writer, you can behave however you want. And I disagree with oh, that. Oh, gosh. No, of course I don't mean that. Well, because, like, I see it all the time in writers' rooms. Only male writers, only white male writers, by the way. Like, at least in my experience, which is, like, to be a really great writer and then just to behave like a complete fucking maniac. All right, I and got you. And you and I know people. We we know the same people who I'm talking about. Like, it's just, you can't, just because you're great at one part of your job, it doesn't mean that you I are gotcha, absolved I gotcha. of be acting however you want and I, people excuse it all the time because they're like well that guy's like a fucking psychopath but he writes great fucking jokes and it's like that's not okay because there's plenty of people who are also great writers and who don't act like a, who know how to function as an adult i 100 percent hear you there um the the yes um it, i think there's such a fine point here where we're where the divergence is and it's because i'm not thinking about the I, I completely agree with you when it comes when it comes time to talk about how people should behave in the writers' room, and how, yeah. because because it's time to it's time to put on your big boy pants and go to work. Yeah, because well, then you're getting paid to be a functioning adult. I'm putting something in a different category where I'm like I'm thinking of myself as Yoda among a a teeming galaxy of like of young harmonies. of rare. Um, but, but like, I mean, and believe me, I'm not picturing these as young white men, quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm, pi- I'm picturing like the, gr- the 12 year old black girl it, who is like, I don't know what you mean by research it. I just, I wrote a script and I want you to read it. Like, am I talented? I don't know. And I just want, I, I want that person to know, like, thank you, like, like for being, it's, it's like, it's amazing that listening to us talk about writing made you like, I'm going to fucking do it. And please don't feel discouraged one iota, but now like move around this barricade and flow freely in the other direction. I think we're picturing different people when we're like, if you're you're picturing a guy that looks like me, who's like, read my screenplay. And it's like, fuck you. And I, I, I agree with you. Like, like I don't, I mean, I have, it's been 20 years for me of being handed screenplays. I, I, I get, every sound guy has a screenplay on every set. It's like he doesn't want to be a sound guy. Um, my my apologies to the fucking amazing sound guys from Community who definitely want to be sound guys and are awesome. But but like <laughs> <laughs> they didn't they never handed me screenplays. But a lot of a lot of sound guys, a lot of location managers, not Dave Lyons, um, uh, are like yeah, you know, like I'll get a screenplay. The 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 most amazing screenplay handoff I ever got was uh, after a panel. A young lady came up to me, uh, and she asked for my autograph. Handed me a thin 
like 30 page document held together with brads and a pen and i signed my name on it and and she's like i just wanted you to have my script and walk away oh no <laughs> like, like she served you a subpoena yeah you got served and i i got to say what did <laughs> i do i went i hang, i hung on to it cuz i'm a dick if i throw it away even though she bolted but it, my my compulsion for irony was like, what if she's the next Dan Harmon? <laughs> what what if what if? Well, she's not because she's like audacious and like 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 whatever. And, and trick someone into taking the I need, <laughs> taking I, the subpoena. I needed to know she was a shitty writer, and she was. I'm happy to report it. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I did page into that screenplay on the sidewalk outside Meltdown. She Look, did suck. There is a there is a reason why their agents exist, and it's because there needs to be a filtration system for because for every good writer, there's three thousand shitty writers. I find it. I find it. I I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, and that's not to say that only people who have representation are good. There's plenty of unrepresented writers that are fantastic, and like haven't been able to get their foot in the door. Like I'm not trying to say like, and there's plenty of people who are well represented and get jobs all the time that are garbage writers. Like it's not to say that like agents are the end all be all like um, perfect system of filtration. But what I'm saying is that's why there is a need. Like that's why people who are hiring go through uh, agents because there's already a built in layer of filtering. Yeah. I, I well, let's conclude this like, like we, and, and, and knowing that like the shark dolphin thing, this is going to be, <laughs> this is going to be serialized because I find it very interesting because, and I don't, I'm not being self-righteous about this so i'm recognizing like you you definitely you connected the nerve to the gum to the oh is that a asian dentist uh uh stereotype or is that, or <laughs> Connect, a, connecting a nerve to a gum oh wait no there's only there's no asian dentist stereotype i'm just thinking of the 230 joke <laughs> uh <laughs> the the but when you pointed out that you're like oh that religion when it is a religion that I'm professing, where it's like, hey, man, if you're good, you're good. It's very 70s mm-hmm. through the greatest hits of the 70s, 80s, <laughs> 90s and today like this. And it and it's and it and it it has facilitated um, exclusion because yes. uh, people that don't play well with others, um, they don't get to have that excuse. And you're right to call that an excuse in the context that you're we're thinking of like it's not even two different contexts that we can clearly point out like there's a zoo of contexts and there it's like they're flowing all over each other like it's 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 kind of like i know that we both want the same things but like we have different battles to fight a little yeah, bit yeah very much that's also informed by our backgrounds and like how we experience the world and the industry i feel like i have a karmic debt to the renegade but the renegade mm-hmm. to you is a fucking douchebag. Is an entitled white guy. But then if I say, like, no, are you fucking kidding me? I want the renegade to be a, like, Chinese woman that's, like, who doesn't know jack shit and, like, like doesn't let her dyslexia get in the way of us. Like, she has a million, like, non-privileges and she's like, I don't know what the fuck. I just want to write. I just want to be a fucking script writer. And she's, like, good at it mm-hmm. on some raw, visceral level. Like... I just don't want her. I, I, I don't. I don't want to be a part of her getting bumped on the force field. Yeah, and here's the thing: it's like it's not like I refuse to help people. Like anybody that I know personally who wants me to read something, I always do, it and I always give a shit ton of notes. Like 
it's always like way more notes than they were expecting someone to give them. And like, and you know, when I first started out, like random people, like interns and stuff would like, at whatever company I was working at, would like give me scripts and then I'd read them and give notes. Or it would be like a friend of a friend. Like a friend of mine would be like, hey, uh, my, you know, my fucking other friend or this person I work with, just some random person that's like one degree separated from me would want me to read their script. And I would do it and I would give shit tons of notes. And they were always really unhappy that I gave them a ton of notes, you know, and because they just wanted somebody to say, like, this is good. And so, like, that, that part of that also informs, like, the fact that it's like... Dude, like, I took so much fucking time. I took an entire evening to sit here, read your script, analyze it, give you fucking notes. Shit that I get paid to do. That's part of my job. And, like, you know, and, and like, and you you don't even think about how much time and energy, like, you're asking for, you know? Because mm. when you're... Because when you get pissed and say, like, I can't believe this person won't even read my script. How hard is it to read a script? No, it's it's a lot of fucking work, you know, to think critically and analyze. And also, like, do not expect someone to do part of their job for free for you when you're when you're just a stranger, like when you're not beholden. Like, you know what? Like, the, the, I always say, like, the person who the only person who has ever doxed me is my own mom because she just like meets random. Like, I can't tell you how many of her fucking friends kids I've had to talk to about like writing and working in the fucking industry and it's like it's 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 very like i mean every writer everybody who works in the entertainment industry has stories of like how their mom has brought like you know her fucking hairstylist and her friend's son and, da, 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 and you have to do all these fucking favors but like when people when people just have this like expectation like of how much you're supposed to give to them like I just really bristle against that. But I I mean, like, yeah, if there was I, I want to absolutely encourage like a twelve year old Asian girl, like, who wants to be a writer, but that doesn't mean that they can just like, you know, act however they want. Like, I still want them to behave like uh, a, a a normal person who has boundaries, you know? Yeah, okay, but and not to not to Let's, yeah. I, I have a perfect segue from this to our Black Panther conversation. Okay, well, let's take a break because I sucked down my drink during that. That's the difference with these afternoon podcasts. It's like you get to see Jessica's problem drinking. <laughs> I know. You're still nursing your it's, first drink. It's before nap time and not, <laughs> and not quite like bouncing back from nap time. It's like she's in the zone. All right. I need a second drink break. I know. I I think our prediction of this podcast ending uh, in a murder suicide is becoming more and more realistic every every week. But who's murdering and who's suiciding? Well, that's why they have to watch till the end or All listen right. till the end. I mean, I guess I, it's racist if I assume you'll kill me. I and that's how I that's it, what I would assume. It'll be the honorable thing to, <laughs> to kill, right? Well, I just I just can't imagine you killing me. <laughs> Yeah, I have nothing to. I'd be like, yeah, so much paperwork. <laughs> oh, this is like an official killing. Well, no, I'm just like I'm. It's oh, like privilege, the, the... you know. Like I don't have to kill you. I could, I could, I could have a cop. Uh, you just gonna plant have... a gun on you and what? I'm white. <laughs> but but that just seems so much more complicated. Yeah, but it's that's how we do. Why can't you just have like Spencer push me down the stairs or something? I can hire a guy to hire a guy to hire a guy to oppress you. I don't need to kill you. I mean, don't you want the satisfaction of doing it yourself? No, you like the power of being I like able the to satis- hire If I want satisfaction, I'll roll in, in all of the money I took from the poor. <laughs> 
and, and inhaling their influenza germs that can't affect my super boosted T cells that I bought from a German doctor. Well, why don't you have a villain mustache yet? Because <laughs> I have a full villain beard <laughs> filled with the, the, the broken dreams of, of the Rust Belt and uh, people of color. <laughs> Um, okay. And Wall Street because liberal Hollywood oh, vilifies them. <laughs> oh, I mean, I, 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 I hurt everyone. You're just so happy you're not working right oh, now. <laughs> well, anyways, that was an interesting conversation. Yeah. Let's come back to it. I totally, totally – well, I don't like own the separation between us and see it so clearly. I, But I, I really value this disagreement because yeah. we're talking – it's, it's just funny that it has nothing to do with race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's? I mean, a little bit. I'm sure there's there's there is some subtext to it, but like, what's interesting to me is I would have guessed that you would have felt the complete opposite. I tell you when I do. changed my mind, which may change mm-hmm. yours a little bit. When I changed my mind is back in the early aughts, when I was first starting to work as a writer, and and so I was no, no longer uh, getting angry at everything in the WGA magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a kind of went viral there was like an essay by somebody some writer a whiter than white dude Mm -hmm. um called like no i don't want to read your fucking screenplay and it kind of went i remember that yes i remember that and i i i had a little fracture at that point because i was that guy Mm -hmm. and then i read it and then i was like i don't want to be this guy this isn't fair this isn't right i don't like this uh, someone read my fucking screenplay. Someone bothered to. Um, I owe my entire career to that person and to all the people that that person handed my screenplay to. Um, I, 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 it's it, writers are a tribe. We are, we are creative first. We, 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 we the, among our ranks are the Aspergeriest Aspie people that uh, out of anybody like, like, like the, the, the the actors tribe doesn't have people with the problems that we have um the producers don't they, they they're born into wealth for the most part like writers I, I am elitist about writers because i i perceive them as an underdog tribe that once ruled society and had our control of it taken from our grip our oily greasy stuttering uncharismatic <laughs> grip and and they've 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 tried all manner of enslavement on us they have stuck us into rooms and said you write 20 episodes of i love lucy before tomorrow or you're all fired see and we fucking overcame you know we like and we are always going to be at the forefront we control everything and we we get together in these little rooms and tv and we we figure out how to work together and we create these characters that influence everyone and they can't work without us. That's why we're producers. That's why we always get to end up controlling everything. And I fucking love writers. I love all writers, even though I hate them all. <laughs> who who was the person who read your script and made everything happen for you? I mean, you don't have to name the per- name, but just tell, was it another writer? Was it a producer? Was a it guy a- named Teddy Tenenbaum, who was a, he was a, at the time a pro- already a professional screenwriter. He had his own thing going on. Didn't really have a lot to gain. There was a sort of cosmetic trade. He he agreed that because he fantasized about writing for comic books that if we gave him a script in a comic book series that we were doing that had guest writers that you know but it wasn't really a you're under my thumb kind of like like mm-hmm. quid pro quo thing it was more like a friendship trade where w- w- you get to write a comic book script like we're here's our feature script can you give it to like three people 
Sure, but here's the difference. So you had a friendship with this person. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So that's that's very uh, well, very that, different. That, the the the, the, the yeah. I, I'm not again to go back to yeah. the thing. Like I, Jessica and I are in full agreement about the fundamentals of this. Um, legally, we can't we can't read a stranger's script. We can't. Yeah. You're a stranger. You we 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 have to become friends with you. The definition of friendship in that context being like I have a reasonable uh like level of faith that you won't sue me. Yeah, well, and also that you're not a psycho. Right. Yeah. Same thing, yeah. But for me, it's not just the legal reason. It's the it's the psychic debt, you know? I, I, when I, I, I can't remember how old I, I was on Heat Vision and Jack's set. I, I assume this guy is, like, you know, not listening and maybe his dad and probably isn't, like, that I'm not throwing him under the bus. The fucking sound guy. Like, <laughs> this is he was where like, that came from. I was like, I, I'm, I'm overseeing my first like thing. Ben Stiller's directing it. I'm like, holy shit, I'm making television. And this guy just kept talking to me about his screenplay. And he like, we were shooting out in the desert. And he's like, can I give you my screenplay? And I was like, yeah, at some point you can. And that was a sincere answer. Like, of course, I don't care. Like, anybody who's got a screenplay, yeah, at, at some point, give it to me. Because even at that time, I was like, God, I'm a fraud. Like, at least I can do is pay back. Um, and he's like, well, I'd like to give it to you now. And I'm like, well, now is not a good time. I'm like, st- like literally supervising takes and like hoping that this, that they get the right shot of, uh, of her and all this stuff. And he was like, he was, he, he was obviously like coming from this school of like, he had read some art of war book or something about like how to give people your screenplay. And it was incredibly annoying. And I remember like, I, I remember sarcastically saying to him, like, the fifth time he said it, he's like, he's like, I have it right here. I was like, do you really want me right now to take off my headphones, leave my director's chair, take your screenplay, walk it over to the trailer where I keep my shit, put it in my backpack in there while the cameras are rolling, and then come back so that you can guarantee that I will one day read your script? And he, and he very smugly was like, yeah, yeah. As if oh he had, as if he had hacked the system. Yeah, and it, and because I'm from Wisconsin, my response was to do exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> the same way I'll throw a twenty dollar bill at a AAA tow truck driver if I crash my car in a swamp. Different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I wa- I walk it over to the trailer. I remember it very clearly because among the many, I was so angry, and I. I ripped my pants and my leg open on the jagged aluminum staircase going up to my trailer. Not my trailer. I didn't have a fucking trailer. (laughs) The trailer that I was keeping my shit in. Like, my pants somehow, my chinos, my my Banana Republic chinos that I had bought with my first Hollywood check ever, um, shredded open and sort of the underlying calf skin leaving a you know not a not an er gash but just like drawing blood and ripping my pants open and i remember smearing the blood all over the cover <laughs> sheet of the script and then throwing it in the trash can in the in the in the, in the trailer um because he had you know th- so that's the risk you take when you're demanding about people taking your screenplay however again i'm gonna say it wasn't really it, it wasn't his fault. He didn't stab me and rip my pants open. Yeah, he your wound wasn't his fault. He yeah. didn't he didn't he didn't he, he what he did was socially tacky. 
and it's mm-hmm. its own punishment. If if someone doesn't like you, they're not going to read your script. Yeah. So 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 the, you, you. But you, what I'm trying trying to stop are people being that way. Like, well, don't don't be inappropriate. Don't be don't yeah. be gauche. And and like, while we're at it, can yeah. can I add some shit to this order? <laughs> Hey, everyone under the age of 19, stop implying that my girlfriend's a gold digger because she's hotter than me on Instagram. Uh, hey, uh, 29% of the country, stop being racist to the point where you've sold your soul to Sauron and you feel like you have to double down on every dumbass argument that you won't look up. Uh, everybody become a better person. We're going to clean up society one person at a time. Or we're going to go, you know what? Uh a hacker's gonna hack like no but this podcast is about 50 percent of this podcast is about writing and about being writers and you know if people want our advice which they often write in about like we often get questions asking for advice about writing like right. this is a part of being a writer which is learn how to act right right well our yeah. our listeners yeah we're, we're 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 saying to them like hey be cooler than other people um good 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 people that want to do good are harder to write. They're also harder to be. Um, Jessica and I are. I think that I think the wall between us has to do with context. When mm-hmm. I say, "Yeah, writers are fucking mavericks," a maverick to Jessica is a douchebag <laughs> in, <laughs> it, it, where she has to go to work, who is benefiting from a momentum and legacy of religion. That, by the way, this whole idea that writers aren't supposed to like. You know, fuck your feelings. I'm a writer. It would that would be great if all writers were geniuses and they were all like really funny and smart. Yeah, like there's a lot of hacks like <laughs> in charge of everything that still employ that same religion to enforce like a, an uncomfortable workplace for everybody, including not just women or people of color, but funny writers. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 talk to any like white straight writer who's ever been the quote-unquote minority on a hack show and they'll be like they'll have similar like cringe anguish of like i can't believe i'm fucking working on this show with all these hacks and they keep making me chuckle at this bullshit and i want to claw my eyes out anyways that 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 will 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 come back yeah this will be yeah this is this is the second uh ongoing fight at right after sharks versus dolphins but i do like that i'm i was proud of this segue but i bounced it off you and i don't think you were jazzed about the segue I thought it was cool that the segue is that the maverick myth is a luxury of white privilege. Mm -hmm. You go, white guys go, I I get Luke Skywalker, but he's boring. I want to be Han Solo. Han Solo's interesting. He's badass. Um, And uh, but... We grew up, my generation grew up having a guy named Luke Skywalker who, while we don't necessarily leap at the chance to play him on the playground when we play Star Wars, he's a completely integral part of the entire story. And he has all these dilemma that he has to deal with about whether he's a good person or a bad person. He's a hero, in other words, and he's the more boring character. And when we were departing with Jazz and taking our podcast photo, we started talking about Black Panther. And the first thing that you and I both leapt to was because um, she said, well, Black Panther's like he's, the, he's a fucking black superhero because I think I see Lander and was like, why is that? Why is that so important? Well, because he's black and he's a fucking Marvel hero. And, and you were immediately like, what about Blade? Who's like like the like like pinnacle? Sure, like, I mean, look, there's there's debate about whether or not Blade counts. I mean, because <laughs> in the most. 
Because in the most well, he's pre- tech, sure, because he's pre Marvel Studios, but right. like technically speaking, like you know. But that's funny. It's, yeah. it's funny. First of all, I didn't mean to call you out and throw you under the bus. That you guys, when we're not recording, Jessica's like a white dude. She's like, <laughs> but what about Blade? Uh, uh, but we were both thinking it, and and the and then Jazz was like, yeah, he's an antihero. And I ne- it was a thought that I never really had, where I was like, ah, you know, um, the 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 badass black guy in the in all of our action movies, like sometimes he's the protagonist, sometimes he's a sidekick, sometimes he's the uh, Merovingian or whatever kind of guy that's like a cameo. Is like, it doesn't matter how high status and badass someone is; it does matter. It's better than if they're low status. And the butt of all the jokes, but it doesn't equate to them being a hero. Um, an anti-hero is somebody who can be like a drug runner, a gambler, a, a self-interested person. These are fascinating characters, especially in America. We love these characters. Yeah. Um, but it, I haven't seen Black Panther, but it sounds like one of the big triumphs is we have a black Luke Skywalker in this movie. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I, you, I think you, you need both Luke Skywalker and Han Solo because Luke is who you relate to and Han is who you aspire to be. He, he's, he's kind of the – well, it's the – I had a my, my, my ex-girlfriend who was the media studies uh, student. She said, in America, we're obsessed with this. It's the outlaw hero versus the righteous hero. Classic example is, well, if you don't go with Star Wars, go with Deadwood, the um, Seth Bullock and the um, and uh, 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 Swear Engine. Always with the, 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 our, our, it's the it's the guy that just wants to do right, and then there's the guy that's like, yeah, but this is how life works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, totally. Um, yeah, I, 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 so I saw Black Panther, and it was phenomenal. And um, and there's two things about Black Panther that I want to talk about. Um, one, which is like how this is slightly less about race and more about gender, but like how wonderfully uh, well written all the female characters are. Um, they're all like three dimensional and like had their own points of view. Name one dimension. <laughs> Um, and they, none of them fell under the, the trope, the Trinity syndrome trope. And if you don't know what the Trinity syndrome trope is, it's, uh, it's named after Trinity from the matrix, which is like, I feel like a lot of, um, this, I think this is born of like laziness, which is like whenever someone is criticized, like, a uh, uh, any property that's uh, most properties will be criticized for like not having strong female characters, and like the solution very often is to do a literal strong female character where she's just physically strong. She's just badass. It's the same. This is how I feel about Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy too, which is just like super badass, ass kicker. That's it. Like also looks hot doing it, but that's it. No other. No real personality traits. Like nothing. Nothing three dimensional. Nothing complex. No real layers. Like. The, the, her only personality trait is she kicks ass and looks good while doing it. And it's like, that's not what we mean when we say we want a strong female character. And like, it's also just like such a, like, it's unless a, you're writing guardians of the galaxy volume two, which in which I think Gamora probably stands out as one of the most dimensionalized characters within the context of guardians of the galaxy two. Like, like, I mean, like, what is the difference between the raccoon and the purple guy and the green guy? 
I I liked that movie. I I I, I and I thought that I thought that she and uh, Drax were like relative to that context. What am I doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Well, What's because, happening? Be, because context is always like it's. Uh, I just don't think she's a great. I don't think she's a well-written character. If she was uh, uh, Meryl Streep from Bridges of Madison County in that movie, you would be saying she's a poorly written character because she would make no sense. She would be. So, but why would, is? But why are all the, the all the male characters have points of view? No, have they they things, don't? Yes, have things that are unique to them. They all have emotional arcs. And, like, she barely had one in the second one. Like, That's, it felt well, very shoehorned uh, in. Uh, well, what I'll say is I think they did a will-they-won't-they they with her and Pratt. And but so, that's not an arc. No, no, I'm sorry. That's why yeah. I'm agreeing with you. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that's not her arc. dimension was revolving around him. Yeah, and also, like... T- what was her point of view in the first one other than that she's just super badass? Like, there's so many female characters that are just like, she's super badass and she's like a better ass kicker than like the main guy. And like, and then she's going to be the love interest. Like, you, there's a million characters right, that are sorry, I, like that. I slowed you down. Just keep going. <laughs> you were on a roll. <laughs> so, like, you know, and none of the women in Black Panther fell, fell under that, that trap. You know, they were all well written. Like, Given any situation, you can you could tell like you could totally tell like this character would would feel this way about it, this character would feel that way about it, and it would it make it would all make sense because they were fully realized human beings with their mm-hmm. own perspectives on things, you know. Whereas like whenever you just have like an ass kicker, it's like her function is to look good kicking ass and then save the male character in some sort of way, either emotionally or physically, so that he then can be the hero of the story. Right. I mean that's and it a, sucks. That's it's a boring. classic thing. It's that's yeah. a Lego movie thing. It's like, oh well she's she's more badass. It's sort of like a relative of the 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 Kevin James kind of like what fat guy hot wife kind of sitcom thing. Yeah, where, and where it's, it's just like, well, just, it also we'll feels just flip like, the script. Yeah, you know, and it also be... feels like, it, I mean, it wouldn't be so egregious if there wasn't so much uh, back padding for, like, uh, people who, you know, men who, who, who write, like, female characters like that. Because, and also the studios who, who put out these movies and are like, and are like, look, we have this super awesome, their, their thing is always to highlight, like, well, she kicks even more ass than the male character. Like, as if then but when the that movie, solves everything. When the movie is 90 minutes long and is, and it's three dimensions are height, width, and ass kicking, and the woman kicks as much ass as the guy. I, but that's her only trait. I know. All well, the male characters her, have more dimension than that. I, I, I agree. I acknowledge this concept of the Trinity syndrome. Mm-hmm. I think that I, for the guys out there that are like, I want to write a strong female character. It's like, well, okay having her lift a car mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and throw it and having the sexy dude say um whoa um you you go to the gym a lot huh and having her go ugh, men it is okay we we all know everyone listening to this podcast knows okay uh like that's like laying a feather on the carnival uh, hammer thing. <laughs> good, good, good use of metaphor if you really, you really know what the thing's called. It's a, it's a, it's it's like it's not necessarily 
part of the problem. Maybe that's what I'm but what abouting. It uh, is. Uh, it is part of the problem because well, it's think, a it's a it's cons- a useless bandage because well, it doesn't solve the problem at all, and it gives. It gives male executives and male directors and male writers an excuse to be like, look, problem solved. What more do you want? I already gave – I threw you this fucking bone and you should be happy with it. Do we not get to a threshold though where um, good writing, which we – you and I, I would hope, mm-hmm. need to consider rare. Can't and, wait and, for the rest of the sentence. Well, the, we were talking about – when we talk about like dimensionalized characters, like to to, to some extent the the implication that – any white hack out there, if they chose to, could create a dimensionalized person of color character is like sort of like de- diminishing our entire craft. Like, go like, oh, hey, you're a plumber. Why don't you just Frank Lloyd write it? I was like, well, yeah, but I'm if not... you can do it for your male characters, why can't you? They do it can't for the do it for their male characters. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I, that was your point. If you need me to tell you this, like these guys are not. I'm not talking about anybody that we've mentioned. <laughs> I have to go to the white banquet tomorrow. I don't want any trouble. I'm 45 and I'm I'm slow and yeah. I, I'm vulnerable. I'll be serving at the white banquet <laughs> in disguise and pissing in the soup. I mean, I've, I've, I'm more behind you, you than than them, but but I, I I like to keep all of my ducks in a row. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, like when you're writing a movie called uh, Dog Cop and <laughs> and Sloppy Cop. Um, and the poster is like uh, 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 Paul Rudd. I'm sorry, Paul Rudd. <laughs> He's always your go-to. I don't know. I don't know actors. I don't know who they are. And he's a dog. But he and he's got like crumbs on his mouth. Paul Rudd does, and the dog is like the neat freak because it's like and it's the like, dog one is of voiced by Danny DeVito. Yeah, one of them. One of them. One of them's a real sloppy cop. The other one's a dog. <laughs> okay, so it's 90 minutes long. Yeah. Like, like it. it there are a couple of ways to express yourself within this movie unless it's written by a genius. Um, the number of lines of dialogue you have, then those are those are sub, subdivided into uh, the way that you're talking while you're shooting your gun, the way you're talking while you're running, the way you're talking while you're putting handcuffs on someone, and the way you're talking to your misfit partner while you're driving from action set piece to action set piece. I like... It, how much are we? I, it, it, it when because I heard that Black Panther is like in terms of like the story that the protagonist is going through. It's like whatever it hits the bases, like and you better believe that like there's alt right dudes like typing up a storm in some subreddit somewhere, pointing, gouging into this thing when it probably commits the same sort of banal structural crimes or lack of 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 feats that any Iron Man movie, let alone its sequels, does. Like because they're on a mission to like prove that a black movie is like just as dumb as a white movie. The the I mean, like when we're talking about the things that we're supposed to do to be responsible writers, aren't we talking about things that a hack can do as well as a genius or because sometimes it feels like we're saying like, hey, hacks be genius. And they're not. They're dumb. They suck. They're bad at writing. They don't even like writing. Their dads were rich and they're like hanging out. And so they write a movie and then they go, okay, I'm going to make a strong female character. So the strong female character in the midst of the fucking already dumb, shitty male character, like punching a robot, the female character comes in, punches the robot twice as hard. And he goes, what? And she's like, dude, you didn't know girls are awesome. And he's like, I didn't. (laughs) And it moves on to the next scene. 
isn't is that really part of the problem? I know, I know. The, the you already said it's part of the problem when we consider that enough. Mm-hmm. And but, the, but, and also these are all just excuses, you know. These are all just excuses. You're excusing you're excusing bad writing. You're excusing bad casting. You're excusing all of these bad decisions. Why couldn't Paul Rudd be Tiffany Haddish? What? I don't know who that is, but I'll tell you why. <laughs> because Paul Rudd's a national treasure. No, oh, I, I, boy. I, no, I mean like, the, the writer's not. I, I don't even want to get distracted by that. That's a weird, crazy, like uh, <laughs> airwolf, like uh, heat heat disperser that you're sending out. This is afternoon, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is two drink, Dan. I just, I, I, it's, it's not. I'm not being cynical. I'm, I'm, I'm actually being the opposite. I'm kind of going like, you know. I haven't seen Black Panther. I already know. I know from the tweets. I know from I'm 45 years old. It's not a movie made for me, first of all. It not, is. Not because I'm white, but because I'm mm-hmm. over 20. Um, um, none of these movies are made for me. If I watch Thor directed by my best friend Taika Waititi and it <laughs> like I don't I don't it's good that he made it because I can already see that it's making people happy. Like I'll hear this and that from such and such sources, but it's like, it's a fucking Marvel movie. And that's why black Panther is a good thing. And that's why all the white people going like, I'm going to pick this apart and prove it's like they're, they're not seeing the big picture because the big picture is that we've created a religion on top of our society where we like go to these venereal frosted temples and watch these fucking action heroes act out these comic books. And it is amazing when you finally give a disenfranchised, section of the audience who buys movie tickets and popcorn like and and like it's it's all these triumphs you don't even have to watch the movie to go good job movie yeah because like so many white people were like well it's excluding us and it's like all of cinema has been excluding everyone else like you you had to feel for one moment what everyone else feels like for a lifetime so all i'm saying is it's kind of like it's sort of like the thing the old stand-up hack gag where when gay marriage started becoming a thing and all of the straight uh road comics you know and me we're we're like we couldn't we're we're like gay marriage like 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 believe me i support you but how badly do you want this know what i'm saying you know it was like it (laughs) was like this character it's it's like the joke of like of like it's it's almost like the ultimate compliment of going like hey you guys don't know how much (laughs) how much more we enjoy your relationships than our own um and and saying like like look kudos to black panther for being a marvel movie that now it's it like like services a uh, an unserviced like part of the mind i don't even say part of the audience cuz it's like it, it's also my mom will benefit from watching a marvel movie if she's watching it and it's just fucking black people in in africa um the but also, but also like a black people movies... as the hero too that's the thing is that like you know this is why representation is so important is that like a like children get to see themselves reflected as the hero and not as a thug or like a gangster or a drug dealer or like a robber that's or something the thing like that I'm that, most you know? excited about is yeah. like I hope that there's like a Wakandan uh like code or something that's like that a kid can go like oh fuck I'm in this situation where this this one kid is saying like give me your do my homework for me and this other kid is saying, like, you don't have to do that, but you might get beat up. Like, oh, fuck, what would what would the prince of of Wakanda do or whatever? And like, because right, I the had king, that. First of all, okay, well, I didn't watch the fucking. 
I, he became I, the king in Civil War. I always had that, even though I'd be like, I want to be Han Solo. I'm going to shoot everything. But then I'd be like, in the larger matters of like, should I keep letting my dad beat my mom right now? Yeah. No, I shouldn't. I want to be like Luke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, and also, it's not just about like black children. Like, see, it's not just only th- that they can now see someone who is the hero and like. It, it, feel like well maybe I can be the hero you know but it's also it also tells all children like this is how the world sees black people you know what I mean because when children not only when they never see themselves as the hero but if they it, it informs not just how they see themselves in the world but how they understand the world sees them mm-hmm. and that's the other important part too uh vis-a-vis like Wakanda being like a first world level empire like is that what you mean or? yeah well no just I'm, I'm just saying like there's two folds to seeing your a reflection of yourself as a hero one is that you then are like oh i could be a hero you know someone like me can oh, be the right. hero, like, but also it tells you like the world can see me yeah as a yeah hero. yeah like yeah. the lady at target who's yelling at me yeah maybe she's not dehumanizing me maybe she's just mad at me because like she should be able to tell from looking at me that i might be black panther like, 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 which is a luxury that we don't know we have when we're little kids that look like Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, if you never see someone who looks like you as a hero, yeah. then like you're like, oh, the world doesn't think that yeah, I, I could that. be a hero, you know. Yeah. And I think that that's the other part that's very important about about representation. Yeah, totally. Seeing yourself on screen, which which is where we, yeah, where we, as we, at the outset of this podcast, where we're like, you know, let's lift the veil on this um, this very noble, but ultimately self-destructive idea that um, lack of racism is synonymous with the total unawareness of race i your your friends that have more hair on their forearms uh you make you you make comments about their robin williams forearms your it's like 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 seeing like uh that someone is asian um like seeing that your friend is black uh like it's it's unavoidable. I think we had a good run like in the early 2000s of like, let's try to pretend that that's the definition of racism. I think it got us in a lot of trouble. And so now we're like, it, it, there is, yes, it's all an artificial construct and it's all garbage, but actually I think we are getting further. It feels more progressive. It feels more 70s to have, this is a 70s thing to say Marvel's making a Black Panther movie and the writer's black and the director's black and the whole thing takes place in Africa. It's very, very – it feels very healthy to me. It feels like a much better way to go about this shit than – Yeah, because fighting racism isn't about denying race. You know, It's not about denying that race exists Like because that implies that there's something inherently wrong with being a different race and there isn't. Like – you should you should be able to celebrate who you are and and your cultural background. You know, um, it, it's not about hiding it; it's about celebrating it. It's about all of us being property of Marvel. <laughs> yes, that's really what it is. A subsidiary of Pixar slash Disney Mobile Oil Incorporated. <laughs> as long as we're all just taking part in Western hegemony, um, come one, come all. Um, <laughs> okay, so the other point that I wanted to make about uh, how great Black Panther is is that he has these little claws. <laughs> yeah, and he has these really adorable little claws. <laughs> um, uh, is that like it's also a really wonderful example of taking like uh, a title and a, you know a, c- a creative property from 
decades and decades and decades ago um, with like certain like uh, certain stereotypes like that were okay like in the 60s but then updating it you know Mm -hmm. and you don't because i that's an argument that happens a lot with like comic book properties which is like shitty white fans are like well then it wouldn't be true you know if you change the gender if you change the race blah blah blah, then it's not staying true to the blah 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 or like the same argument was made during doctor strange when there was all this hubbub over so in the comics the ancient one is as a tibetan man but he very much falls into because of the time period when the comic was made he falls into this very like uh, Eastern mysticism, Fu Manchu kind of stereotype. And, yeah. like, you know, that would feel very, very dated and stereotypical if you put it in a movie today. And so their solution was to then just cast a white woman. And, like, look, like, I'll give to them that, like, generally speaking, most situations are elevated and fixed by casting Tilda Swinton because <laughs> she's a treasure, right? <laughs> not in this situation. It doesn't work because the solution is not to... Like, if you're looking at a, a character and you're like, look, this was written in a time when it was very stereotypical, a, a very stereotypical Asian character, and it wouldn't fly today. The solution is not to just erase that character's race and put a white woman in there. Like, that's not the solution. You can update it. Like, why couldn't you cast a Asian woman who was androgynous like Tilda Swinton? You know? Like, you could flip the switch and, like, cast a, a, a young Asian woman in the... in the th- Then that's how you get rid of, like, a Fu Manchu trope. Well, yeah, if you... Uh, again, yeah, I mean, look, uh, don't make me <laughs> landis you. Like, like, uh, 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 okay, yeah, go. let's go find a... Yeah, people aren't... <laughs> let's, 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 let's dedicate our movie business to social elevation and let's cast, like, I mean, why even... But she, the, she's not the title character. I know. No. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Every role that's not the guy from whatever. Uh, yeah. Let's 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 do a social activist program where we can we can prove that we can do things socially. I, it's. I'm not saying that that uh, um, like pointing out that movies are made for money and that money has momentum is uh, is an excuse for people to do shitty things. But I yeah, gotta I, play, mean, I gotta play devil's advocate when you go. What you think? Like, Asian like, people don't have money. What I, I, know, I know Asian people have money. Why do you think I do this podcast? <laughs> to prepare. That's why you took uh, Japanese classes. No, I'm just I, I I hate it when I get thrust in this. But but what about kind of role? But I'm because I, I could just sit and go like, yeah, totally, totally. But it's like I don't know. I thought I'd like like to, the to, co- the conversion from Fu Manchu to Tilda Swinton. It ain't it ain't half bad. Like I don't know. Like like what Lucy Liu? Like wait wait. Who's the name that you put in that role? Why Knowing did... that everything has to be a name. They all have to be names. You get the biggest names you can. I'm I'm Max Landising you. You really are. I but but here's could we split the difference? Would you have been cool if it had been like like not reasonably famous but super amazing, charismatic like multi-ethnic like like black woman kind of like Th- that would have been better because it would have been, been better like, but it still would have made no because, sense because the ancient well it did make sense to me the dr strange thing was that like well she's i don't know it's like like this this place is like gene roddenberry's vision you know it's like so mystic and ancient actually there's a thing that's beyond oh everyone's chinese because we're here but it but yet it still has to be white well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That, like, I, I, it would be like, well, let's actually get like fucking Beyonce or something. <laughs> like, I'm not. I sound glib, but I'm not kidding. Like, like, like get get like a like like make the statement that it actually is like beyond your expectation in any regard. 
And again, but you would have been pissed because yes. you you're fighting that Asian war. <laughs> yes, I'm fighting just, that Asian just, war. You just want to take over my American movies with your Asian. Yeah, shit. absolutely. And also, like, how do you expect any Asian actor to hit that level like, if you never give Asian actors a chance? If you're always like, "Well, we need a name. We need a name." Like again, I make the argument. It's not like Tilda Swinton was hatched an A-list star. You know, like Scarlett Johansson wasn't hatched an A-list star. I, I they know. worked their way up because people kept casting them. But they, and if you if that's your argument, then it's a really wonderful way for you to keep Asian actors away from ever being A-list. Not my argument. I swear <laughs> to God. I, if I ran Hollywood, I'd be like, we have enough money. Let's like actually you're, do a bunch of crazy shit. Like, I, I feel like you're it. very slowly preparing me for the reveal that you love Max Landis and you agree with him on every point. <laughs> I told you I like Bright. I liked it. I, oh, if you God. showed me Bright and, di- and told me like this is just in a vacuum, I just watch Bright. Like, I'd be like, I bet Will Smith made this, and I fucking love him for it. Uh, except for the fairy uh, murdering comedy. Like, I don't, I didn't, I, I was thrown, well, you didn't I see it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, see? Yeah. So fuck you. What? You watch, <laughs> Why you fuck watch me? Bright, I'll watch Black Panther. And we'll... What? What's it? That's not an even trade. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just don't want to go to the theater. No, well, there's like a thing. It's like, like, fairies are like equated to be like, um, they're like pests. Okay. But it's like they're anthropomorphic. It's yeah. really disturbing. It's a very sociopathic comedy to me. The, the idea that, that there's like fairies, but it's like, oh, they're like hornets. Like Will Smith in the very beginning when you're supposed to be trying to identify Right, but they have a consciousness. He's like, well, it's got a face. Yeah. It's like they're Slimer, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's like it's not that funny to me that he's like trying to murder it because it's like it's a fairy. Yeah. It it, and it wouldn't have – it would have been like – it would have been such an easy thing to be like for him to be like, oh, for his wife to be like, oh, that fairy is like eating the bird feeder again or whatever. And it's like and he's like, yeah, but I don't want to fuck with that thing because it's got a face. It's a fucking human. And for her to be like, don't be a pussy, kill it. And him to be like, I'm not you're crazy. Maybe we should break up because I'm never going to see your character again for the rest of the show. All right. Well, just oh, watch boy. it. I oh, think you should boy. watch it. The elves are like uh, uh, metaphors for some race. Well, like I think the only way I would have wanted to watch it is if you and I watched it and then like <laughs> immediately started recording, like afterwards. Like that. I would love to problematize bright with you. If, this is where we do our Patreon uh, special episode. <laughs> Like, where we're like, thank you for Patreoning us. Here's our special episode where we problematize Bright. <laughs> um, All right. Well, well, good on Black Panther. I, I heard it's real black and panthery. It's I, just a really, really. I can't wait till it's on Apple movie. TV. So my oh, 45 man. year old, we, you never world go, weary you ass. You never go to the theater. I'm not going to that fucking coliseum with those poor people i'm not gonna watch this popcorn crunching fucking potentially violent have you have you been out there (laughs) jesus christ it's put a sign on your head it's like everybody hurt me I, I got enough of this shit on instagram i don't like society i'm not going to a goddamn arc light I watch Black Panther. And I was like, I have, there's fucking, there's just like fucking population around me. Oh boy. Oh, oh I will, boy. I will go from my apartment to a fancy restaurant and back. And and and, <laughs> and, 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 and in the hour that it takes to do that, three very cool people will say, "Hey, can I have a picture with you? My sister's disabled." Here's a script. Here's a script, <laughs> and I'll be like, uh, "Thank you." I'm not going to read it. They're like, "That's cool." Okay. Oh yeah, they're like that's cool. They are because they're my fans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, don't mm-hmm me. 
it's fucking true. Um, all right. Well, in conclusion, do not send us scripts. Don't send them to this. It's, uh, it's inappropriate. Email. Well, we won't read them. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not inappropriate. It is inappropriate. inappropriate? It's I, inappropriate. It's ineffectual. It, do, it, won't, it will lead to nothing. But it's That's also it. inappropriate. You may as well drop them down a hole. It's okay. Do it. Send us all your scripts. No. But you know send what? A, send, everybody is... send as many scripts as you can. <laughs> Spoken like someone who never reads the emails. Yeah, of course I don't. Who cares? You don't have to either. So send us all your scripts. Like, and Because we're going to come back next week. We're going to go, yep, another day in not reading your scripts. All all your scripts went down a big dark hole. It doesn't matter. They they they're, they lost their scripts. They sent the digital copy of their scripts into the stratosphere. Oh no! If anything, gonna, it's a good exercise. You know what? I would forward all those scripts to you if I knew that you read your emails. I'm not going yeah, to. I know you I don't, don't even. Read you don't even read your email. own emails. Yeah. The last time I looked at my email, I saw I saw people that were like, uh, uh, "Hey, are you going to write that book?" <laughs> Oh, yeah, what happened to your yeah. book? No, I'm not going to write that book. <laughs> Why are you emailing me? I remember me? this from two years ago that you were writing a book. Who emails me <laughs> that, that ever wants me to know their thoughts? <laughs> like, yeah, I, le- I learned I learned that you don't read any of your emails. Oh, it's by the grace of God that I'll catch the occasional email. I'll see like, like an alert will come up next to a Trump wants AIDS to be legal. And uh, and then it'll, underneath it, it'll say like Brett Brettelson. Brett Brettelson. Uh, <laughs> subject. What the fuck? <laughs> Where's that book? Um, everyone, text Harmon your scripts. Yeah, a line at a time. Yeah. Well, okay. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Thanks for listening to a further breakdown of our friendship. Stay racial. Bye.